because I I've become a lot more time aware because mm -hmm. of uh, our kayaking. We we have like, I guess you could say we run a tight ship. <laughs> it's stupid, but yes, we we kind of run a tight ship there. My name's Emma, and you're listening to the socially awkward podcast. Hello. So today on the show we have Adrian. Adrian's Hello. been homeschooling for pretty much all of their life, and today they're going to talk to us a little bit about what it's like being a student athlete in a fairly niche sport here in Singapore. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Adrian. I use they/them pronouns, and as Emma said, I have been homeschooling practically for my entire life. Cool. So, tell us a little bit about your sport. Okay. So, what I do is called sprint kayaking, and um, that's there's a hard way to explain it because there's there's many different ways of kayaking, so to speak. So within kayaking itself, there's there's sprint kayaking, and then there's recreational kayaking, and then there's sea kayaking. Recreational kayaking is like the big flat boats that you see at like the Macquarie Reservoir and at um, the Water Sports Center in Kalang. Those are the ones that most people know. Then there's the sea kayaks, which uh, you require certification to use, and they're typically like closed top. They're like short and they're fat and they're really like slow <laughs> heavy heavy sorry not slow um and then there's the sprint kayaks which are really slim and quite long and they're very fast if you you know how to use them co correctly <laughs> mm. so like we discussed this a little bit earlier because i made the mistake of confusing rowing and kayaking and canoeing all into the same sport so what is the difference between these three water sports okay so um, rowing is you're moving a boat, but uh, there's multiple people in the boat, number one. Number two, you use two different paddles, both of which are one-sided paddles, and then um, it moves backwards. So you row, but then your boat moves backwards, so your back faces the direction you're going. However, in a canoe, you would be kneeling upright on a boat, um, and it's a one-sided paddle that you would, like through the water and you move forwards uh it's similar to dragon boating but in dragon boating you're sitting and you do that with many people in a boat and then kayaking uh is a two-sided paddle and you're sitting in a boat and <laughs> and you move it forwards i guess you face the direction you're going so how long have you been kayaking and why kayaking specifically i have been kayaking for six and a half years ish um and why kayaking? Because I, oh, well, my friend um, was going to join it. And then my friend's dad asked my mom if I would be interested to join. And she asked me if I would be interested to join. And I was like, yeah, sure. I've got friends in it. So sure. Uh, so I joined kayaking and then uh, my friends left and I just never like left. I was like, well, I guess I'll, guess I'll stay. <laughs> no point in going because I've been doing this. Mm. How do you train as regularly as you do and still have time for school? Uh, <laughs> yes and also no <laughs> it's not a yes or no question I know um, but so I train about four times a week currently and I also uh, I also coach twice a week so I, I tend to do my my work I have like tuition in the morning and then I try and do homework uh, in the early afternoon or before kayaking sometimes I go to the the library near the water sports center and do work there and that's pretty much it i also don't do technically as much as uh, a normal school kid would they typically take like eight subjects or something mm -hmm. currently i am taking uh three or four i'm doing okay. i'm doing biology i'm doing math i'm doing a math and english do you like math 
No. <laughs> my mom was like, you're okay at math, so let's do A math. And I went, ah. Uh, ah. That's my reaction to. <laughs> so what does, so like, okay, so after all of that, you go for your kayaking session. What yes. does a kayaking session look like? Okay. Kayaking session typically looks like um, we all go into to our, our shed, put our bags down, we get our, our boats ready, and um, there's like a whiteboard on the door of like our, our shed kind of. So we, we go over to the whiteboard, we read what the, the water program will be, and we read what uh, the land exercises we're meant to be doing are. Yes, we do land exercises, which means pain. Oh, <laughs> why pain? Because, okay, it's pain if you're not used to it. Okay. That's why it's pain. But like we typically do like uh, three different um, sections. One will be focused on like core. One will be focused on like shoulders or arms, and then another one will be the different part of the shoulders and arms. Typically, mm, okay, yeah. And then for water training, we will all go down on water when our coach says like it's time to, and then we warm up for a bit, and we start the sets, which are typically like we paddle. We're on water for about an hour and 15 minutes, typically. Okay, so in my experience, like sports and like music and all of these things, you got to practice. So how do you practice when you're not on the water? I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, uh, personally, I don't. Mm -hmm. Because I, I find that there's not really much you could do when mm -hmm. we were uh, during the circuit breaker period, because that was a thing. Um, what we so did that was, was like quarantine for Singapore. Quarantine, circuit breaker, Singapore. Yes. Um, yeah. So when when we had that, uh, what we did was we practiced doing just land exercises that worked on those specific muscles that we use mm. for kayaking, not specifically kayaking itself. Um, mm. There's this thing though called an ergometer, which is like a on land kayak machine. Oh. So you could use that, but I don't have one. <laughs> but the um, but those, some people have them. Mm. So yes, it's a kayak machine that some people uh, who have money can use. Oh, very <laughs> nice. Yes. Have you, has your family been very supportive of this, like, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they've been, they've been very supportive. They come to most of the competitions that I do um, when, when they're free to. Uh, they've been, they've been very supportive, yeah. There was a point in time where I stopped doing uh, a lot of studying stuff and i was focusing more on kayaking and art and other interests and they were like yeah sure go for it and uh it it helped a lot i think so not the typical asian tiger parents yes and also no <laughs> it's complicated <laughs> it's complicated it's it's like they will say they're supportive but i'm like watching and it's it's kind of it's kind of like maybe not exactly my my dad is a little bit more on the tiger parent side of that oh he's like oh you're not doing any school then i guess you're not doing anything productive oh <laughs> <Whoop>. <laughs> no but uh he means well mm. yeah i think they're just kind of trying to fulfill their duties as a parent but yes. also it's hard because you know when you talk to people they're like this is the age you know like chase your dreams follow your passions and then you're like well that'd be great that would be great. I've got other responsibilities. Yeah, this is too. the age. This is the age where people are like, "Oh, you should be like having fun and stuff." But also at the same time, you should be in school for like seven hours a day and be doing homework for the rest of the day and then like never sleep. <laughs> so fun! I cannot think of a more enjoyable life experience. I know, right? I know, right? 
Amazing. <laughs> so how has, like, back to kayaking, how yes. has that impacted you as a person, your identity? Okay. Oh, identity is a question. Uh, but and me as a person, it is, it's made me probably more punctual. Because I've become a lot more time aware because mm-hmm. of uh, our kayaking. We, we have like, I guess you could say we run a tight ship. <laughs> it's stupid, but yes, we, we kind of run a tight ship there. Um, so, because kayaking is like, it's a thing that people make an active choice to do. Mm. They, they want to be there because they want to be there. Mm. So if you're not putting enough effort, as in like you're, you're showing up late, you're not trying hard enough to be there on time, mm. you were late because you lost track of time, mm. uh, then it would be like, okay, you can't train because mm. you you didn't put in like the effort to be there on time. Mm. So it's made me paranoid, but it's made me very good at being aware of time. <laughs> Punctuality, man. You know, that's a good skill to have. I think maybe not to the point where you're stressed out about it all mm. the time. But like that's at just least a me when... problem. Don't worry. Oh no, it's not just a you problem though. It could be <laughs> it could have been literally anything. Like for me, I'm not great at spelling, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm dyslexic. But if I think I were stressed about... So I've got, like, writing for me and I've got writing for other people. So when I'm writing for me, I'm like, you know what? Spelling schmelling. As long as I can read it, I know what it is. That's valid. So, like, in a sense, I think while I used to be really anxious about my spelling and, like, because of that insecure of the things I have to say or, like, write, I would just, like, kind of hold back. You know, like, Um. always be looking to other people for Mm -hmm. guidance when I didn't really need to and I, like, knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as I learned to like let go and like just make space for myself, I would just be like, you know what? If it's for me, then it's for me. Who cares, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, punctuality is a is is a choice. I I, mm. I think it it's, it helps. Mm. Yeah. Uh, still on the topic of what it has changed my life to do, or whatever the question was in exact wording. Um, it's I guess it's worked on my like endurance or like resilience or that kind mm. of like perseverance because mm. there was a period of time uh that that it was kind of hard to do like it, i was physically forcing myself to do it at one point mm. but like well it turns out it was it was better uh that i kind of pushed through with it because it 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 was just hard to like push during the training itself like mm. trying to trying to find that like energy inside and like be fast was mm. hard it not the not the everything else yeah mm. have you ever like been burnt out from your sport oh yeah <laughs> it happened how did you how did you deal with that uh, and like what kind of like led up to that point okay i kind of what led up to the point it would have been okay at the time i would have been training about six times a week and trying for seven oh, times wow. a week yeah uh, and it would be like two hours and because six times a week, I think at the time I was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon and Sunday, something along those lines. I was trying to do six or seven. Um, and and then I hit a point where my body physically couldn't take it anymore and I fell sick and I just crashed out for a week. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I was, I, and that's maybe not burnout specifically, but that was more of a, I was trying too hard and then I messed up and I went overboard i guess was that like the wake-up call you needed no no <laughs> i never learned i was just like okay well i can't do seven guess i'll stick with six <laughs> <laughs> so that was the that was the reevaluating that, that was happened. Me being like well i guess my body cannot handle so i better not do that again and then i did it again so <laughs> <laughs> but it was a year down the line or so 
doesn't matter. You, you gave it a year. Gave you it a gave year. it a good go. Mm. Tried and failed. <laughs> tried and failed. Actually, yeah, tried and failed. That's something that I at least a lot of the people who do sports that I've spoken to, they, not to be mean, but they get very familiar with like failure and the ability to just like pick yourself back up again after. Okay, yeah. Um, the analogy I would use for this then would be like competitions, I suppose. Mm. So, so there was a point in time where uh, I had just finished like I, I the year before I won like three medals in the competition, and then the next two years after I couldn't do anything, <laughs> couldn't do it right. Yeah, so because I'd moved into a different category where I was against people who were were like a lot faster and a lot more skilled at the time, and I was just struggling. Uh, and I think I kind of just got through it because I was like, well, if I'm not going to do well now, I, I may as well just try and do better at least. Mm. Yeah. So it was a lot of like mental uh, awareness, I guess. Mental awareness, uh, the the mental state. Mm. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I kind of thought about a lot was uh, this phrase that comes from some t-shirt in kayaking it's when the muscles fail the mind takes over essentially so so like when i'm feeling tired and all and then i'll just be like well i can do it because i have done it so i'll just do it i guess Mm. (laughs) and then it it do it's like it's like that theory that when you feel tired you've actually got an extra like 30 percent of energy Mm -hmm. that you could keep using yeah it's just it's just inside and you have to like you have to hit a certain point in order to break into it, I guess. Mm. So what was that point that led you to like kind of break into that? A normal person would just like quit, right? Mm-hmm. Or say, you know what, I can like take a break, come back to it another time. So what is it that keeps you coming back? The feeling of being on the water is very very special i guess to me it's it's a very um i can't find it anywhere else really mm. so it's like it's 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 a breath of fresh air i guess it's um it feels really nice and i don't know how to explain it the words do not work for this ex- mm. uh, experience i guess mm. i guess it's kind of like when you maybe when you're when you're on like um when you're in the car and you open the window and you kind of stick your head out a bit and then the wind is like rushing past your face because you're going so fast. It's that kind of feeling, except you're making it yourself. It's not because of something else Mm. that's making you go fast. It's yourself. And then it's like, it feels nice. It's a very powerful moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, if I do it right, I get to feel it every time I train or every time I'm just on water in general, which is like amazing. So that feeling has been what made you decide okay this is something that i want to commit to i didn't really decide to commit to it that i guess hmm, i i decided to commit because i'd already been doing it for like a long time it was two like two years in where i first decided to like i may want to quit and then i was like well but i've been here so long then it would be a shame to quit and then like every year i'm like well it'd be a shame to quit it'd be a shame to quit right (laughs) and you're guilting yourself into staying into this Yes and also no. Yes, like if whenever I consider, it, I'm just like, well, but but I can't do anything else at this point because it's just it's so it's a de- ingrained part of my nature. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything else at this point. Wow, but mm-hmm. that is like commitment. I guess <laughs> it is commitment. Even if you, I mean, it maybe it feels a little like, bit like obligation, but it is still like 
It's not like I'm making an active choice. Well, okay, yes, I'm making an active choice to stay, but it's not like I'm actively like out of my out of. Like, out it's of, not like, like you're trying. I'm not to forcing leave myself like, to be in it. I'm like mm. I'm here because I want to be, and I I there's no point in me quitting. Like, what's the point at this point? Do you ever wonder what your life would be if you weren't in kayaking? Yeah, and I think it'd probably be real sad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, kayaking is what got me through like the quarantine period, mm-hmm. um, kind of, because it, it at least at least after after the part where we were all like shut in our homes for like uh, four weeks or or like something like that, it our kayaking sport was allowed to like continue as long as we kept distance from each other and we we're all in single boats and we we're all like separated and that that was a very. Uh, very stark contrast from being stuck in the house like for mm. uh four weeks or something and it it was uh an escape i guess during mm. that period of time it was the escape mm. <laughs> and it's it's just been it's just been great honestly i had actually never really thought about what happens to kayakers like over covid i kind of just assumed like you didn't uh so how it went was when when we went into the point where it was proper lockdown we switched to like online calls for training um for working on specific muscle groups and doing like land exercises mm. and all and it would be over zoom uh and admittedly i didn't do it very well i stuck with it for like two weeks and then i just could not because it wasn't it wasn't satisfying the same parts of my brain that it was before Mm. so i ended up not joining the zoom calls and instead my dad and i would go cycling Mm. and we'd be out cycling for like three four hours do Mm. like 50 kilometers or something and we would just be we'd be out yeah and it it was nice because instead of it being like in the daytime we went out at night and because Mm. there was no like school thing for me to be doing we went out like late Mm. so we'd come home sometimes maybe past midnight Mm. uh and it was it was nice at, uh, at night as well out because there was very few people mm. on the on the on the uh, pedestrian walking place the pavement <laughs> help <laughs> what is words there were very few people out on the street so uh-huh. when we when we were out and it was like 10 o'clock it was practically like 2 a.m because there was no one there. yeah it's just so empty it was very empty yeah was it unnerving because like i remember when i did that i was like oh my gosh this is not the city i know yeah, it it was unnerving because okay, because the way the way we did it was like my dad would kind of lead and he would cycle like in front and I would kind of follow him, and then while we were cycling, I was just kind of like looking around and my brain was thinking a lot, so I was like, well, this is very strange because everything is quiet, everything is mm. empty, and it's like it's practically like three in the morning because there's no one here. It's just the mm. two of us on our bikes, like zooming through the and it's strange because like the city that never sleeps is like forced to be silent yeah it's oh that's a that's a weird thought as well because yeah so you mentioned you coach right yes have you ever felt the sense of imposter syndrome like maybe i don't deserve all of these medals or i'm not good enough to be teaching these kids i keep saying this yes and also no like seriously it's it's really it's complicated because for some things yes and for some things no Okay. Like when it comes to when it comes to coaching, I I feel like I'm out of place, but not because I'm not good enough, more because of I don't I don't think I I quite belong because I'm kind of 
I'm between two categories and between the category of like student and coach, I guess. Uh huh. Because when I coach, I I tend to coach like the the younger categories. So because mm-hmm. there's there's three different groups of my kayaking group. So um, the lowest category would be the the beginner club, and then there's like the intermediate group, and then there's the advanced group, which is where I technically am. Mm. Um, and when I coach, I typically coach the beginner group and the intermediate group. So. Yes, imposter syndrome, because it I feel weird being there as a coach. Mm. But also it's it's a nice feeling to be able to to like help these kids or like teach these kids how to feel that sort of feeling that I get, mm. I suppose, because we're encouraging them to to do better, to uh, have the right values, mm. to yeah, everything. And then when I'm with like when I'm being a student when I'm being like the athlete instead of the coach and I also feel kind of out of place because I know what it's like on the other side of the screen I suppose mm. like I I instinctively want to be doing the coach things but I also want to be doing like the athlete things mm. yeah. so I kind of I compensate by sometimes giving advice to the people around me who I know would be receptive to it oh mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you're left behind? Because you're not Singaporean. And you mm-hmm. mentioned like in previous conversations that if you were Singaporean, you would already be on the youth national team with the rest of your competitive peers. Do age you, group, yeah. Like competitive age group, yes. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're left behind because you can't be with them? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. So for that, I have had moments of jealousy in which I was like, well, I wish I could be where where they are and what and do what they're doing mm. because those people were my friends for like the longest time and then suddenly it would uh they would move into the national junior team and then we would like never see them again essentially mm. unless it was a competition or something. It would suddenly become they would be close friends and then they'd suddenly become strangers. Uh is how it felt like anyway. Mm. And yeah, I felt I felt jealous. I felt left behind for periods of time, and then I kind of like got used to it. That's not a, that's not a good way to say it, but I kind of got used to it. I was like, well, I will if I have to stay where I am in like the the advanced eight, um, group of my kayaking group, then I may as well like help the people who are gonna get better. Essentially, so I'm gonna help the people who are going further because. Mm. My my supposed going further is going into coaching, but for them, if it's going into the national junior team, then of course I'm going to help them get there. I'm going to help them mm. be better to to do better there. I guess I want to make an impression. Oh, <laughs> it's like go forth, little birdies. Be exactly. Better than me. It's pretty much that. I've seen off like maybe five or six different like groups of people go into the national junior team. And it's it's always been the same. It's been like, well, I was I was friends with them because that's that's just how it's meant mm. to be. Like, I, I'll be close to you. I'll be helpful. I will assist you in your journey, and mm. then I will you will move on. And I'm just an NPC, like chilling here. Like, <laughs> I will give random advice and random like tool tips, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> when you leave, when you leave, I will still be here giving random advice Everybody and random tool tips. Somebody else's NPC. Talk about that. <laughs> I am the I am the NPC who's like, you're doing great. Keep it up. All the way. <laughs> Bumps yeah, into yo. a wall. <laughs> Walks into a wall and just like keeps walking into the wall. 
No, but not not everybody learns that they have to deal with these feelings so early on the way you have. Um, yeah, I guess I I dealt with it by like not dealing with it by kind of. I dealt with it by pretending that I've dealt with it until the point in time where it like no longer existed. <laughs> Life tips with Adrian. Whoa, now pay us Don't money. Don't actually do it. Don't actually do it. It's not good for the <laughs> mental health. I guess there could be there could be a lot of like um anxiety, there could be like uh <laughs> imposter syndrome or or there could be that that comparison of like oh other people are doing better and they're younger and they sh- mm. I should be doing as well as they are and I can't is it's it's a it's a thing that you can't put words to but uh, self-deprecation there we go yeah so so that's a whole a whole thing but it's i feel like for me kayaking is and kind of always has been not really something that i've been actively trying to be the best at but more of i'm trying to do better than i did the last time i trained Mm. or the last time i coached Mm. uh, for example so it's 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 not like you don't have to be the best. Okay. Um, good analogy is the uh, the Olympic um, trophies or the Olympic cups. They all have this um, thing written on them. And it basically means like swifter, higher, faster or something like that. Mm. Um, and it, it doesn't say like the swiftest, the highest, the strongest. But you just want to be better essentially than, mm. than you were before. It doesn't have to mean that you have to be the best of everyone. Mm. Uh, that's that's just the kind of the way I see it is as long as you're doing better than you were doing before it's it's an improvement it's good enough like no has it been hard for you to say sometimes good enough is good enough it is hard it is hard it it takes a lot of like mental strength to mm. say that I think because even though you say like ah oh, I just want to be better than the time I was before of course you want to be better than everyone else like that of course <laughs> I want to be better than everyone uh-huh. else but like if I can't then I have to I have to like sit back take a breath and be like well as long as I'm better than before I'm still doing better I'm mm. still doing better means it's still good essentially mm. as long as I'm not actively deproving as long as I'm actively improving I'm doing better than I was doing before mm. It's true that at the end of the day, the only real competition is against ourselves. But like, how do you deal with growth that is not linear in a sport or like rather in a in an in an environment where growth is expected to be linear? Growth growth isn't linear. Yeah, I have to agree with that, even though, yeah, you're trying to do better than you were the time before. But maybe it's not it's not always like that. Mm. Um, For example, I guess. I I have been um, trying to beat my previous personal best timing for a two km set for nine months, so it's it's not it's not linear. You you sometimes you spike and you grow really fast and you're doing really really well, and then sometimes you just hit that like point where you're just not doing any different. You're not doing any better. Like timings wise, maybe you you're not as fast as you used to be, or you're you're hitting this plateau, and it it just be like that sometimes because i've <laughs> it do be like that sometimes yeah because because like the plateau happens and then as long as you keep pushing through it then you'll like you'll spike again and then you'll plateau again and you'll spike again and that's how it goes but during the times when you plateau i guess it's like the analogy for it is is like you're boiling hot water and when you're boiling hot water, you don't see it boiling until the point where it's boiled, right? So, so when you're when you're 
hitting the plateau and you're like you're not getting the timing you want and you're just pushing for it you're pushing for it and you don't you don't think that there's progress being made it's it's still adding to like boiling your water your every little bit of like temperature change to make it hotter makes it change and may you may not see it you may not like know it but it's boiling the water you it, it boil it boiling the water so it's still doing things even though it doesn't look like it's doing things so you cannot you might not be able to see the change in the moment but once you reach the result you can kind of like pinpoint all the like oh this is when things started to bubble this is when things like started to really get up there and mm-hmm. then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're making progress even though you're not seeing that you're making progress i guess as long as you're as long as you're pushing at it you're trying your best you're still making progress even though it's not like a visible progress do you ever feel like you've had to or have you ever felt like you had to justify this invisible progress to the people around you justify as in explain why i'm not doing well or explain why they're struggling i mean like (laughs) both ways i guess yeah no i've 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 told this analogy to to a lot of my friends before because they've they've hit a point where they've been like i don't think this is working for me i feel like i want to quit i'm like not making any progress i feel like i've not done anything and i'm going nowhere essentially and i I have to explain to them because because it makes sense it makes complete sense and but it's also like you just gotta you just gotta push through it Mm. a lot of a lot of the times failure isn't because of like doing too much but more like not doing enough i guess that sense of a lot of people quit too soon as opposed to Mm. quitting too late so Mm. as long as it's still like making you happy at least in a little Mm. way i guess it's maybe worthwhile to like try and push through when would you say is like an appropriate time to like quit or like put it down or take a break or sabbatical um the appropriate time to take a break is definitely when you are putting a lot more energy into trying to make it work than than is like showing like if you are putting your heart and soul into making it work and you're trying to make it better and you're trying to make there be some sort of sense of progress and it feels like absolutely nothing is happening and absolutely nothing has been happening for so long that you're really you're really struggling to even find the smallest bit of joy in something especially if it's something that mm. you used to enjoy before that's a good time to quit really or like to take a break at least going back to identity how else has kayaking shaped your identity who is Adrian of today and how did they get to the Adrian of today um i think i'm mentioned in a previous conversation not on this podcast that um for a lot of the time i felt like i was kind of playing catch up in the sense of um when when we would kayak there would always be like the guys are always so much faster and then uh the the girls are typically like slower right and there was a point in time when i hadn't figured out my um my gender identity yet where I would be so mad because it didn't make sense to me. Like, why Why is it that guys are faster and they, they, they get to be faster? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a disadvantage to be, like, a girl biologically or, or stuff like that. And I, I thought it was so dumb because why, why does that affect anything? Like, why should it affect anything? And... Um, took me a while but i eventually realized that the reason the one of the reasons at least why i'd gotten so mad about that was because i don't i don't identify um 
with gender, really. I don't think gender or like sex is really a thing that should be a defining factor of of who someone is or like the, your biology shouldn't define who you are, essentially. Um, and I, I figured out at some point that I'm non-binary and I don't identify with gender, really. It doesn't doesn't really make sense to me that it has to to be like girls have to like pink and girls have to like dolls or stuff like that and it's not it's not just like the general stereotypes it's more of a like it is stereotypes but it's also not stereotypes mm. you know um why why is it that if you're like born into a household that believes very strongly in girls must wear pink and boys must wear blue and all that sort of like the gender stereotypes then that as you grow up you still have to follow it like why do why do people think that mm. in the future or when you grow up you still have to be the same sort of like girly girl or boyish boy mm. no matter like no matter what right like it doesn't make sense and then as well people who don't follow that are are labeled as like uh tomboys or like girly boys or something and it's it's just why it doesn't make sense just let people be people and so frustrating to me at the time to like find out like oh i'm non-binary that's probably that's part of why i kind of get so upset about this whole thing of like Oh, I'm not like the other girls. I'm the special little snowflake. I don't freaking care. <laughs> it's it's just it's like what what why it doesn't make sense. Also, at the same time, you mentioned like there is that biological struggle that you faced, where like the guys were they just happened to be like stronger. Yes. Okay. Also, also pretend this was this is the past um past me's thoughts as well was for a really long time like it's not fair that guys get to be faster than me even though i've been in kayaking for longer i've been training for mm. longer i've been doing more stuff for more periods of time and then they're faster and mm. then they think that because they're faster they have some sort of like uh like they're power better over yeah. me or something like they people think they're better if they're faster but it just don't it just don't be that way mm. no so like how did you reconcile that because like i totally agree with you that i think in things that don't matter like i think it's completely stupid that a girl has to fight like doubly as hard for a guy at the same job if it's like in an office or whatever but like if you have like the women's nba team play against the men's nba team obviously yeah, it like it's yeah. not gonna be it's the not gonna same. work if you if you race uh if you if you do a sprint with a guy against a girl of course the guy is going to win because biologically their muscles are made better they they have better muscle because they They're were just different. they were just born that way and mm -hmm. it's not i find it's not really a fair thing that because they were born this way therefore they have a better right to whatever crap but that aspect does not have to make them better than you yeah it doesn't have to make them better i think the challenge is a lot of people don't have the humility to recognize that mm. they don't have like the humility to recognize that the difference does not make you better or worse because like you can be as fast as strong but like you can be faster stronger whatever it is but if, if you're like a stronger power lifter and you power lift wrong and then suddenly your knee buckles then it's like oops you know like there goes your kneecap you busted your own kneecap congratulations you freaking dull <laughs> but like okay. if you have like but if like for example like 
a girl has better technique, she's obviously going to like keep on lifting for longer than the guy because like he was an idiot, right? And he yes. didn't have the humility to say, okay, maybe I need to slow down and yes. work on these things. But at the same time, like what do you say? Sorry, this is about like society again. Because women are raised with the stereotype, okay, you have to be like quiet, you know, you don't like, you don't. You gotta be quiet. You gotta <laughs> be soft and demure. And you gotta like, like. You gotta be proper. Gotta be ladylike. Gotta sit with your legs together or whatever. Kind of like what? But even why? I have a hip problem from a traditionally very feminine. I'm gonna call it a sport. It was ballet. My legs do not stay together the way they should. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> My hips are damaged. <laughs> Let me be very clear. I am a broken person. <laughs> yeah, no, so I agree that's like completely stupid, but at the same time, like I've I guess I've never had my I've always just been mad at society, but not necessarily gender or sex per se. Yeah, I think no, but society is what makes it like about the gender. Just because society says it's this way doesn't mean it has to be this way, right? Like you don't you don't have to follow the confines of society just because society said this is how it always has been and this is how it always will be. Like you don't have to follow the constraints of being a certain way because you have to be a certain way because you were born that certain way. I don't believe in that being like a strict rule. I believe that, you know, you were born a certain way and then as soon as you figure it out for yourself, you can go whatever way and that is your way. Thank you for sharing your life and your stories. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what do you see in the future generation of kayakers here? I think, well, I see I see a, like a, a place that's more experienced, I suppose. Because when my kayaking group was founded about seven years ago, it was because this, this guy from Hungary came over um, intending to like stay here for like two weeks or something and then go back to Hungary and he found that we had like absolutely zero anything to do with kayaking we had we only introduced people to kayaking in like secondary school as a as a CCA and uh, as such it led to it led to like Singapore not having great um like kayaking people like in general and then well he he decided to kind of like create the the kayaking community and and then now we we start with kids as young as like 10 or 9 and they get into it and they get into kayaking earlier and they get they get better at it earlier so i guess now we're we're making it easier for younger generations to or younger newer generations to be better than like the previous generations like for example i joined at the age of 12 which is only one year younger than a normal um uh kid could have joined at which would have been 13 um and i think it's i think it's better this way because then we get to we get to introduce younger people to to this sport that's so cool and so like different from so many other sports we don't run around and throw a ball or kick a ball with our feet we 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 just move a piece of equipment with our bodies and it's like whoa mm. we move a thing we move this thing that floats on water with like a stick in our hands and it's it's when you think about it like that it sounds it's so cool and i think it's it's great that we get to share this with other people like young people and then we get to make the world no 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 not the world we get to make Kai uh, singapore a better place for kayakers to start young Aww. Even though in Hungary they start at the age of like five, it's okay. It's and not here a competition. They start at like ten. No, it is a competition because the Olympics exist, right? <laughs> and so do the World Championships. Remember, kids, the main competition you have is against yourself. Exactly. Be the best version of you you can.
Exactly. Yes. And if you have doubts about whether or not you're doing good with the thing that you're trying to do good in, reevaluate if it may, if it brings you joy. Sorry, this doesn't count for school, but <laughs> reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I reevaluate if it brings you joy. And if you really would like to do this sort of thing like further in your future, and if you really, really don't think it's going to work out for you, and you've thought about it long and hard, then maybe it's about time to like be done with it. But it's okay you, to let go and say goodbye to things that you were doing for a long time as well. Yeah, exactly. If it's bringing you joy, continue. If it's not, it's okay to quit. Exactly. Exactly that. That is what <laughs> I wanted to say. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release new episodes on the first Saturday of each month on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you like today's episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast. See you next time.